power of the Holy Spirit keep this hope alive in our story. What we're doing uh, over the next uh, month is really digging into our, our vision, which we used to express our vision by being a church known for its relationships, and we're now expressing that in different words. So it's still the same premise, but a little sharp, a little bit more intentional, revealing more of God through who we are because of who God is. And there's a particular phrase that we're going to continue to hear more and more and more called even more. I was um, informed the other day that um, the rest of the world is catching on to the even more um, slogan. Um, Dan Murphy's uh, are now advertising even more at Dan Murphy's. You can't have enough of the Holy Spirit and other type of spirits as well. Um, so we're going to, going to look at uh, even more um, tonight um, in a different way to what people uh, will do on Sunday. But this week is a very important weekend in the life of the church. Does anybody know what happens this weekend? It is our birthday, yes. Do you know which day on the weekend our birthday is for bonus points? No, it's Saturday. Saturday. Somebody said Saturday. Yes, Saturday the 17th of August, 1997 was when our church was first officially opened. And this one, yeah. No, no, church 2,000 years ago. No, 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 no. no. Our church. So does, can anybody do maths? Does, do you, can you work out how old we are this Saturday? 30? Who said that? <laughs> We're 22. 22 this year. And thinking about that, I, um, it might surprise you, but I'm older than 22. I know that's a big, big shock to many of you. Um, and it, it got me thinking about when I was 22 and what was going on in my life uh, then, and, and my expectations and my goals. I know our young people uh, over the last few weeks have been talking about goals, having goals, and goals are, are really, really important. Um, but 20, the tw my 22nd year, and particularly around my birthday, um, if you've got your phone handy, type in the 16th of April. That's my birthday, don't forget. Uh, I like anything to do with golf. Um, or music, or just gift vouchers are great. Um, but um, I, um, at, the, at the end of the year before my 22nd birthday, I had just finished my, my three-year university degree that took me four years. I took the scenic route, and thanks to all the law subjects that I failed at least once, had to do a second time, at least once, only once. I failed each of the three subjects to do with law and my commerce degree. Each failed them once. Um, so it took me a little bit longer. And I'd, one of the things that I found out when I finished uh, uni, um, growing up as a Gen Xer, um, particularly in our, in our high school years, uh, we, we had significantly high youth unemployment. Um, I think 
for memory, the figures were around 17 or 18 percent youth un unemployment or unemployment for young people coming out of schools. So we, we went to university without an expectation of getting a job straight away. Um, and, and one of the things after I finished my, my commerce degree, um, I found very quickly that I'd done my degree the wrong way. Those people who got jobs straight away had done traineeships uh, through firms um, and my parents were really, really encouraging. My grandmother had actually um, uh, gifted me all the hex fees, so she paid my hex, which was incredibly generous. Um, and they said, well, no, no, you can live off Ostudy, it was called back then, and um, I think the grand total of 100 bucks a fortnight or something like that. Uh, and, and I did that um, for three years, which turned into four years, um, and then finished my degree to find that I had a degree with no experience. And so finding a job was quite hard. And, um, and so after I finished my degree towards the end of, um, of that, uh, that last year of my 21st year of life, um, I, I volunteered um, in our church um, in the diocesan office and and they had somebody going on on leave, and so I, I jumped in and said, look, I'll volunteer work for two or three days a week and to get some experience. And so for a few months I worked in that, that space. Um, but, but I had goals. I had plans. I had decided that the reason I wanted to be an accountant wasn't because I wanted to be an accountant for the rest of my life. I wanted to be a general manager. We call them CEOs in our, in our world now. Um, but back then, most common term for a person who was the head of a company was a general manager. And I wanted to be a general manager by the time I was 30. And that was my plan. And I, um, I had gone a couple of years uh, to uh, a private school in Newcastle, Newcastle Grammar School, and one of the things that I'd picked up was a lot of the kids' dads were accountants. So, oh, okay, accountants must earn a reasonable amount of money. So I had known since year eight that I wanted to be an accountant. But it was a step in a process. I'd be an accountant, I'd learn how to run a business, how to manage finances, and then I would be a general manager. Um, in, um, when I was 21, I had started dating... Annika's mum, uh, and she was just 18 and I was 21. And, and so by the time I'd come round to my 22nd birthday, we'd almost been together for a year, but I already had plans that we were going to spend the rest of our life together. And both of us had moved around a lot as kids, and, and we'd already talked about this, that if we got married, we'd settle down and we would live in the same place, in the same house, until we retired. <laughs> that was our plans. And, um, and I, I was really heavily involved in the life of the church at that time. Um, I had gone through, a, I guess, a, an awakening of my faith uh, when I was about 18. Um, I've been going to church my whole life. But I really worked out at 18 that I was probably inherited my faith from my, my, my parents 
I'd, particularly in my late teen years, I'd begrudgingly gone to church to the point where I could tolerate it no longer because I thought my father was a hypocrite. So he said, well, why don't you teach Sunday school? Um, so the best way to keep an angsty teenager happy was to teach kids about God. Um, and so I did that in my last couple of years of high school and came to university and went to, school, went to church most Sundays just to say when mum and dad um, rang me, did you go to church? Yeah, I went to church. Um, but it was a really, really dodgy church with only old people in it. And they were probably all my age <laughs> now. So they seemed old at that time, nobody else my age. Um, until the end of that year, in my 18th year, when I was invited on a youth camp. And actually Leanne was on that youth camp too, but we didn't start dating straight away. Um, and I had a real revitalisation of my faith. And so after the next few years, I, I really immersed myself into anything to do with church and youth ministry. Um, I was on committees that organised events and I started getting involved in music ministry and writing songs and, and performing and playing in churches. And about my 22nd year was, was about the year that that we formed our band, uh, Ovine Aviation, who've gone down in Newcastle church history and nobody remembers us anymore. <laughs> um, I still got a box of CDs if anybody wants one as a coaster. Um, so fast forward to my birthday, around the April time, um, I'd been applying for job after job after job. And not just in Newcastle, but also in Sydney. And I got one, an offer, at the Parramatta Mission. And I thought, wow, that's a great job. Um, it's a faith-based organisation. It's, um, it's, it's got a really good idea of what it wants to do to help people. I thought, yeah, that's a really good marrying of what I believe and, and my skills. Um, so I... I started to get my head around what would it be like to move to Sydney. And about a couple of days later, another job that I'd applied for, uh, a motor vehicle dealership in Newcastle rang and said, we'd like to offer you the job in Newcastle. And so I spent a lot of time over the next 24 hours <laughs> praying, God, what should I do? Um, what is the right decision? And I'm sure I'm not the only one who's had a choice to make and has really tried to pray hard about, God, what is the right decision to make? What is the... For me, it was, what's the right job? I had plans. And I have to admit that one of the prayers I had was, which job is going to let me get to my plans? Um, and, yeah, it was risky, I thought, to move away from where... My girlfriend was. Um, we were only sort of two and a bit hours from each other, but that was going to make things harder away from my church and my friends and my band and my ministry. Um, I was going to have to live with an old couple who was going to give me a room. And they were a beautiful couple in Lane Cove in Sydney, which was a really nice part of Sydney. But, yeah, what would that be like? Um, and... I prayed and I talked to my parents and I prayed some more and I got some advice and some of that advice was which one's paying more. Um, 
and actually I took the job that paid more <laughs> in the end and I, I stayed in Newcastle. Um, and, and I thought that was the right decision. It felt right. Part of that, if I look back and if I'm honest with myself at the time, it was the decision that I thought fitted my plans best. Um, I'm going to get Kiani to read. I think it's Kiani who's going to read. Is that right? A little bit of Jeremiah for me. For thus says the Lord, Only when Babylon's 70 years are completed will I visit you, and I will fulfill to you my promise and bring you back to this place. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then you will call upon my name and come and pray to me. I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me. If you seek me with all your heart, I will let you find me, says the Lord. And I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord. And I will bring you to, back to the place from which I sent you into exile. I think um, many of you may have heard um, one of those verses over and over again. For surely I know the plans, I, you know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. One of the translations that's more common is to prosper you. Um, if I was to think about my plans when I was 22, none of them involved me doing what I'm doing, how I'm doing it, where I'm doing it now. It's interesting, about the age of 22, my... Um, involvement in ministry and music and youth camps um, and my family lineage um, caused many people to say to me, when are you going to follow in your dad's footsteps? For those of you who don't know, my dad's a, a minister. And my response at 22 through to my early 30s was, never. I know how much they earn. Uh, and, and I would say exactly that. Never I know how much they earn. Um, and I'd often say, but I, I know God's called me to be an accountant and God plans for me and, and I'm going to be a general manager by the time I'm 30 and, and in my spare time I'm going to give all my free time to my friends, my family and my church. And I did. I did and I loved it. It was great. And you know what? One of the exciting things was God actually allowed my plans to come to fruition just a year late. So I became a general manager at 31. And that was the year that I started to explore full-time ministry. Um, but back to 22. If I was to look at that 47-year-old version of me, it wasn't, that was not in my plans at all. Doing this tonight with you, it would mean that I wasn't in the same house. I would have moved around a number of times and I would be doing what I swore that I would never do and being paid <laughs> the way that I thought I never wanted to be paid. 
I have to admit that um, my first job, I was getting paid more than Dad, um, uh, which did scare me a lot. Um, but also made me rub it into him. Dad, guess how much I'm earning? And, um, yeah, my plans at 22 were, I thought were, were honourable and noble. But I look back now and realise how self-focused they were. The plans that Stuart had from Stuart's strengths, looking at Stuart's influence. And I thought, yeah, I could be a great Christian accountant, great Christian general manager, playing in Christian rock bands, famous all over the world, still being a Christian accountant, earning lots of money, because I knew that Christian artists didn't make any money, so I would always have to have another job. But God's plans for me were much more than what I had for myself. Much more. And I often wonder, I'm not sure how many of you, particularly on this side of the room, have ever seen the movie Sliding Doors. It's an old movie. Basically, it's um, what would happen if you took a different decision. And I often do look back and I wonder what would have happened if I had have taken that job in Sydney. What would have happened? And I was close, very close to doing that. Um, and I have to admit that first job that I took was the worst job I've ever had. It was terrible. My boss was a crook. I ended up in court. Um, I actually ended up in court representing him. Um, which was the time I thought, oh, I need a new job. <laughs> but God knows us more than we know ourselves, knows our potential more than we know ourselves, knows our ability to influence others more than we do ourselves. Now, I don't pretend that I've made all the right decisions between 22 and 47. I know I haven't. And I don't believe that God has orchestrated like a puppet master for me to get where I am on the Gold Coast doing what I'm doing. Um, I, I, I actually believe that God would have been with me if I hadn't made that decision to go to Sydney. And that my life would have been fulfilled and blessed. Um, but some part of my looking back over the last few days has reminded me how much more we are when we allow God to shape and direct us and nudge us back in the right directions. My, my story isn't one decision at one time, at one age. My story is a number of decisions continuously happening where God reminds me, Stuart, you're better with me. Stuart, you might have some skills, but they're much better when they're gifted to the kingdom of God than held on tightly so you can benefit for your comfort and your wealth and your influence. My prayer for us as we gather this evening, whether you've had your 22nd birthday and you're looking back, 
thinking, wow, what was I like at 22? And, and maybe you're having similar thoughts to what I've had this week of, of where have I come and what, what would I have thought my life could have been when I was 22? Or whether you, you, you're still to approach your 22nd birthday and you're starting to develop all those goals that I was developing leading up to that time. What am I going to do for the rest of my life? How am I going to best use the skills and the gifts that God's given me? I just want to challenge and encourage and comfort you that God's with you regardless of what uni degree you choose, of what job you pick, who you date, and you end up spending the rest of your life with. God is with you. God will, I believe too, give you an insight into whether those things are right and being attentive to God is really important. But God's not going to leave you if you make one or two or 57,000 wrong decisions, <laughs> which is probably more the count between 22 and 47 for me. Uh, we're going to take a, a little time of... Um, of reflection now. Um, might be a little self-indulgent at this point, but um, I'm actually going to play a song that I've just written. Um, and maybe Dale's going to help me play along. Um, Dale's been a real encouragement in that too. I mean, it, uh, I hope you know that some of the songs we're singing now in our church, Dale's written out of the life of our church. Um, and and so thanks, Dale, for inspiring and encouraging me that, yeah, I... I actually haven't written a song since I've been ordained. So it's been a long time. So the last song I wrote was in theological college. Um, so yeah, it's, it may, may not be a great song, but hopefully it's broken the, the waters. It's, it's actually called Even More. Um, so uh, during that song, uh, I'd love you... I, like I, I did think about cupcakes with candles, but then I thought about those amongst us who had allergies and intolerances. <laughs> um, so instead, you've got a candle, and I'd love you during the song to, to come up and light the candle, almost like your own little birthday candle. It is your birthday. This is your birthday this weekend. You are our church. It's your birthday. Celebrate. But look at the flame as you hold it in your hand. And you might reflect back or you might pray forward. You might do both. And allow God to speak to you about your past, your present and your future. And when you feel the time is right, at a birthday when you blow out the candle, what are you supposed to do? Make a wish. Now, theologically, I don't believe in making wishes is, is, is the right encouragement for a priest to make to the people. But, but as you blow that flame out, leave it to God and know that while the light might be go gone in front of you, the light is actually in you. God is in you. God is with you. God is part of who you are, your identity. And with God... There's even more than what we could ever imagine. Amen.
i 
loving God, we just give to 